What a sci-fi Saturday night. Oh, that's right. I, uh, listen, and this is good. Thank you for having me on. This is Adam West and AdamWest.com. Don't forget that. AdamWest.com, we have so many goodies for you. We will begin in mass invasion. We will tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It will make us duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that we will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. A year in which our podcast has shown phenomenal growth and some of the most interesting guests and conversations in our six-year tenure for 2014. In 2015, we're looking forward to our interviews with J.J. Abrams, George R.R. R. Martin, and anyone else with dual consonant initials, as well as a comprehensive look at haircuts and pontificator. Joining the telecast tonight, the rest of our gang of four. In the Revere Time Vortex, our technical omnivore. She runs everything behind the scenes and is proof you can hear her muttering curses throughout the show. It's our own girl genius, Kriana. You can't just hear them. You can feel them. <laughs> From their stacks of her personal calm space in the Dank Dungeon's only indoor winter Zen Garden and Pachinko Parlor, where she's currently growing more. The Sombrarian. Hello? Dome? I think we lost Dome, guys. Yeah, I think we lost... We did! <laughs> there he went. Awesome. <laughs> See, no one can make fun of me. Yeah, I, I heard and... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Dombrarian. And I was right there. And then... Boink. Skype is going to be the death of me. This is going to be the worst recording ever. Everyone's going to be like, so why is there so much dead space? Question mark. So, Dome, are you back? Dome, say something if you're back. I'm saying something. I guess he's back. I can hear him typing. So he must be back. Maybe. Are you going to introduce oh, Sir Sarah? <laughs> Who? Who's ah. that? Oh my god, Sir Sarah Lady Knight! The bestest Lady Knight there ever was! Ah, I had this whole introduction amazing. set up for her. You ready? Go for no. it. We'll see if it works. Person. And is currently developing a personal holographic simulation Dome, of Agent like, Carter. The whole first, like, 20 seconds of that got cut off. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. And it was just, like, nothing. There was just nothing there. Like... What? Yeah. You know, you got that new new router from from 
Blobcast, and it's uh, it's really working out for you, I can see. I'm not using that tonight, actually. Well, you should plug that new router Maybe in, that's cause... the problem. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Stop downloading so much porn, God Dome. Well, let's give up on Dome. too much porn to have a witty retort. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so yes, let's move on to our our lovely guests. Yeah, tonight we're we're going to deviate from what our format usually is, which is... Which is blank, according to Dome. (laughs) 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 So, instead of having news and then guests, we're going to have guests and then a little news and then more guests. So, to start with, we have legendary awesome publisher from Silence in the Library Publishing, Ron Garner, and Maggie Allen, who is ambiguous in in this. Is, is she also, she's an author, I think. Well, so Maggie actually, uh, this is Ron Garner, by the way. Maggie actually is one of the partners in, uh, in Silence in the Library. She's also an author, and she is actually the project manager for our latest, and one of the editors for our latest anthology, Athena's Daughters 2. Yay! Yep. Hello. <laughs> that sounds intense. <laughs> so we've been talking about this already. So I already know the answer. Hey, Ron yes. or Maggie, whoever wants to answer the question: How quickly did Athena's daughters two get funded again? Maggie, well, it was less than twenty-four hours. It went live at midnight, and we were funded by. Three-ish, four o'clock, something like that. Four-ish. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. It was really fast. It might, in fact, be the fastest that we've funded uh, so far on yeah. on any uh, Kickstarter project. Yeah. And, so, you know, so you I mean, set a personal record for time. It's like you're an athlete, but with less physical exertion <laughs> and more money. Yeah. So you know. It's like an athlete, except for I can, you know, do it from my couch in my underwear, which is amazing. Um, well, I mean, you can so do athletics that way, too. That. I've got some <laughs> fuzzy bunny slippers to send you, and congratulations. <laughs> we, you know, the, it, so there, I think there, there are a couple of reasons we funded so quickly. I mean, number one, uh, Maggie and Kelly Nair, who is, is uh, one of the, the folks who works with us at Silence in the Library, doing a major or doing an amazing job managing this thing but but the other thing is that you know we were able to set the goal very low on this one because we'd actually funded like the payment for the authors and the artwork and all of that stuff from the athena's daughters one uh kickstarter which was incredibly successful uh so with a low goal it was much easier to attain it quickly so this is more like a pre-order than than funding it because it's basically already done Exactly. I mean, the entire purpose of this Kickstarter was to, to fund uh, a pre-order, it, sell books, and pay for the print run. And that's about it. Yeah, I think our funding goal is about half what the Athena thought the first was. We had a couple of stretch goals for that Kickstarter. Um, highest ones were doing a companion volume of stories about women by men, Apollo's Daughters. And then beyond that, if we got enough money, we'd have enough to do open submission for a second volume of Athena's Daughters. Um, and so we had enough from that, uh, meeting that goal, that we're able to put quite a chunk towards paying authors and artists for a second volume, which is pretty exciting. And open submissions was really interesting, too. 
We had 130 submissions. I and um, two others read through all of them, and there were a lot of great stories. It was actually really hard to use. Yeah, I, you know, I, I love, so these are, I, we do a lot of projects at Silence in the Library, obviously, and we do a lot of them through crowdfunding. And I love all of our projects, or I wouldn't be involved in them, and I know that Maggie feels the same way. But I think right. these Athena's Daughters projects, for me, are the best thing that we do. I, they are the thing that I get the most excited about, um, the thing that really gets, you know, gets me going. And, and this one is really cool. You know, the first Athena's Daughters, we had a lot of ladies who were really well-known authors uh, in that. And there are some well-known authors in this one, but the vast majority of the authors in this new anthology are really new authors. They're people who this is their first chance to really get out there, be published and be seen. And they're really good authors. So um, I just love the fact that we're, we're, we're bringing, we're giving these new authors a, a, you know, a venue for people to, to meet them and to, to, to read their work. And I think that, that people are going to be really happy with the, the, the collection of stories that, that Maggie and Janine and, and, uh, and the other folks put together. Yeah, they're all really, really Sweet. great. And we, ha we picked 15 plus 6 for stretch goals, so that's the other benefit of doing uh, the pre-ordering Kickstarter form, because if we can get more than just the minimum to do the project, we can afford to pay other uh, authors for their stories. Because, again, we had so many good stories. It was really hard to whittle it down, um, but we're forced to kind of pick, uh, you know, a basic group of stories. And then we have six more that we're hoping to add as we hit fun uh, funding stretch goals. So we've and we've actually already... Three of them already. Yeah. Yep, we've added yeah. three of them already, and we're pretty close to adding another one. So those were our lowest stretch goals because we really want to get all these authors in there. But there's a whole ton of other freebies, too. Last time for Athena's Daughters Volume 1, for um, the cost of an ebook, they actually got like 20-something different downloads, short stories and novels and, uh, you know, all kinds of different things. So they're, by the end of it, people are saying you'd be foolish not to back this because just the sheer volume of stuff that you're going to get for your money. That, yeah, that I, was I, an incredible started. download. That entire <laughs> yeah. was crazy, just filled with stuff. And yeah, so we're hoping to do something similar this time too. Well, and you know, we've already hit six stretch goals at this point. Um, yep. We yep. have. Uh, it's 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 been amazing how quickly this has gone. We, uh, I, I think, we just passed the sixth stretch goal. Something like uh, ten minutes before we came on with you guys. So. So yeah, it's it's really been going gangbusters the last couple of days. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I'm wondering how long do people have to keep go to keep buying into the Kickstarter? And is days. and is this one going to be available after the Kickstarter? All yes. of our Kickstarter books are available. Um, Amazon, our website, wherever book you know ebooks are sold, sort of thing. Um, but the benefit of getting in at the Kickstarter level is that you get a ton of extras um, well, that, that yeah, you can get later on. And we we generally try to keep the price of things on our Kickstarter lower yeah. than we charge in the marketplace. Uh, yeah. And and you know we do that because. We feel like if you're an early adopter, if you're buying into this thing early to help us create it, 
then you should catch a break for that. I mean, not only should we be giving you extra stuff, you should be catching a break on price. And, you know, which is, you know, there are many different ways to handle these things on, on crowdfunding sites. I've seen a lot of people who charge more for their stuff on uh, their books on crowdfunding sites because they feel like people will understand that they're helping to make something happen. And that's, that's, a, that's a philosophy. And I'm, I'm certainly not going to, you know, say that it's a wrong philosophy. It's just not our, not our philosophy. Um, we really want people to, to feel like they're getting some real value by uh, being willing to come in early and help us make these things happen. Right. That's awesome. I feel like that's part of the success of your Kickstarters, too, is that you are tr conscious of adding value for investors. But I'm also yeah. hearing that there is great word of mouth on this one. So can you oh. talk a little bit about marketing through world, word of mouth and how to do that successfully? Yeah, so I, I, I'll jump in with just some general stuff, and then Maggie, sure. I think, can, can jump in and tell you the things that a lot of the things that, that, that she and the, the, the other folks running this have done specifically. Um, so, so just one thing I'd like to say about Athena's Daughters, and this is one of the things that, that, that I love about this project more than anything is these projects more than anything is that they're entirely run. Uh, it's it's not just that all of the authors and artists are women it's entirely run by women you know this is this is a project that from the conception phase all the way through creation uh the 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 cover artists the folks who are doing the layout everything it's all women and uh and they're they all really care about this project and they're all really invested in it and i think it makes i think it makes for a really good product um and so 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 I think that, that, number one, having that kind of energy involved is really important when you get to promotion, of course, because, because people then are, are, are really bought into the concept, right? Um, and they want to see it succeed. Uh, as, far as, as far as word of mouth promotion, and, and you know, the, the truth is that for our Kickstarters, almost exclusively the promotion that we do is word of mouth promotion. We don't we don't go out and buy ad space, and there are a ton of places you can go out and on the internet you can go out and buy ad space for your for your crowdfunding projects. You can do it on on KickTrack, and you can do you know there, there a lot of other places. We don't do that. We rely on uh, we rely on our networks, and uh, I think that having a strong, vibrant network and utilizing that network most important thing that you can do as a project creator uh, from the, the promotional side on, on any crowdfunding project. You know, you can spend as much money as you want to out there buying ad space, but the truth is people tend to ignore ad space, right? People don't, what people don't ignore is their friend telling them, I like this. I think you will like it. Go take a look at it. Right. Um, and so we uh, we it, it, and an anthology project is perfect for that kind of thing, because what you're doing is you're pulling together, you know, 15 to 20 some odd different people who have different networks. They may overlap a little bit, but in general, the network of people that they know, people that care about them, are interested in them is going to be relatively different and relatively diverse. And so you're pulling all of those together. So you 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 just increase your pool of uh, of people who might be interested in the project 
by a great deal and you increase the the pool of people who might be willing to promote the project a lot of the people who promote our project aren't people who are directly involved they're people who know people really who like who <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Um, I've oh. been seeing it make the rounds on Tumblr um, since it went up. Like I was looking today, and Kelly Sue reblogged it. Yeah, um, and that was huge. And I was like, awesome! Yeah, that was really great. Yeah. So Maggie, Maggie, what's uh, you want to talk about some of the stuff that you guys have done specifically relative to Athena's daughters? Uh, sure. I mean, I'd actually like to go back to what Ron was saying. I think from the very beginning of Athena's Daughters 1, it was a project that everyone really believed in. You know, when um, Janine first texted me and said, how would you feel about an anthology written by women about women? I was like, shut up and take my money, because it was such a great idea. And um, especially these days where there's a lot more discussion about representation and diversity and, and women Gamergate. I mean, that came after Athena's Daughters 1, but there's there's so much more discussion about representation for women um, that it's just it feels like such an important project. And the authors that did the first anthology, like we really became a team. Like everyone really believed in it. There's a lot of anthologies where uh, once the author gets their check at the beginning, like they're sort of out of it and it's done. But um, because of the nature of having everyone needing everyone to pitch in to make this actually happen, like we became this team because everyone actually really believed in the project aside from just wanting to get paid. And I feel like we've tried to engender that with the authors for the second volume, um, which has had a little different feel from it because a lot of the authors knew each other for the first time out. and We have a lot of new authors this time. So for us, I think it's also really important to just build a team and have these women get to know each other too because there's it makes it enjoyable. It's not just like, oh, something we have to promote. It's like something we really believe in that's really important. So, And also all, all these new authors, getting them to share their contacts and to get to know each other and you know on social networks and stuff because that's that's good all around for everyone to just broaden your horizon within the the writing community so i think that's sort of what we've been doing is trying to encourage them to you know reach out to each other and and befriend each other and and sort of spread the word that way um but we're obviously any means that we can can to get the word out there is great. We, we were lucky enough to get on Jezebel and IO9 and the Mary Sue last time, which really was huge for us. And I don't know what the chances are this time of that happening, but um, it would be really great if it did because I feel like this isn't just a retread of the first volume. It's not just like, you know, everyone's leftover stories. Like it, it's all open submissions and the stories are fantastic and it's it's a really, really strong book just of an, of an by and of itself. So it's not just a kind of lame sequel to the first cool thing that we did. Yeah, I, and you know, I mean, that's a that's a point that can't be overemphasized, I think, is that the writing community, particularly the science fiction and fantasy writing community, is so small, right? I mean, it's right. it's tiny, and, and, and everybody, eventually, if you're in it long enough, everybody gets to know somebody, or you know somebody who knows the uh, everyone right. else, right? right? Um, and so... It's really important for, for, for young author, authors particularly, I think, uh, and new authors particularly, to, to jump into that. And, and, and part of what we want to do, I mean, you know, I, I think it's great that we're putting out this book that is, you know, that is, is, is putting all of these voices out there uh, that, you know, may represent people that don't normally have a voice. And that is to me, the most important thing that we do here. But there are so many other cool uh, 
side effects of this that I think are really important. One of those is that you get all of these young authors who now have this opportunity to establish uh, relationships that are going to be with them for the rest of the time that they're authors and that are going to be important to them for the rest of the time that they're authors. That, and, that was definitely uh, and, true of the first project, too. Like, we still work with the people we worked on on Athena's Daughters that we didn't know before, and now they're sort of a part of this family that we've sort of built. Yeah. And, you know, it's amazing that even though none of the, the ladies who are in Athena's Daughters 1 are in Athena's Daughters 2, they're all out there pushing it. They're all out there supporting it and, 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 and asking other people to go support it. And I think that's a I think that speaks volumes to the to the sense of community that that Maggie and Janine and, and those guys were able to create. And I, I just I just think it's amazing. I you know, people people look at these Kickstarters and they and and they go, Oh, Ron, you're great you know, you're 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 great at doing these Kickstarters. You know something that that that, that most people don't know, and that's not true at all. I mean the truth of the matter is our greatest successes uh, in Kickstarters have come from the ladies who have run the Kickstarters. They've come from Janine and Maggie and Kelly. Our, our greatest successes I have nothing to do with. Well, women supporting women is my favorite thing, so I'm really happy about that. That makes me really happy. I actually I have a question that this last question though because we we oh, actually have to move go. on sorry oh one more question I know, we love you guys i'm sorry um you brought up gamergate have you gotten any negative backlash like oh, that? let's let's not bring this up oh no okay let's, let's let's just there's there's no reason to feed the trolls i was hoping they were gonna say no everyone's awesome we haven't have have really no, Yay! we haven't really. We had Yay! a little teensy bit with the first one where we got the reverse discrimination thing, but we're like, dude, like read the stretch goals. There's we're gonna put out an anthology with male authors too. So we love our male authors. Also, They're great, also so. you know, you you can't discriminate against the party in powers. So. I know, I know. You know, just saying. <laughs> I know. I, I know. That, that, is, that seems to be a hard, hard concept, concept for a lot of people to get their mind. You know. About. You know what? We should just tell them. You should when when someone's like you're discriminating against me. You should just be like, yes, I, I have a, a butcher's knife right here, and I'm coming to chop off your dick. <laughs> I think that would work. Yeah. I think oh, that I would work. No, I think that's probably a bad idea. You don't even know the yeah. context in which I just said that, Dome. I get that. Yes, I understand. <laughs> Uh, All right, so Ron, Maggie, it has been, as usual, a pleasure. But unfortunately, I have to do 10 minutes of news. I mean, fortunately, because it's awesome news. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bob's going to kill me. Yes, he is, actually. I think I say that every time. You do. But um, you guys can stick around for the news if you want. I actually, you know, I actually am sitting outside... My daughter's cheerleading, uh, and she's about to come out in about one minute or two minutes, and uh, and jump in my car and be the loudest thing you have ever heard in your life. So, I think Ron uh, needs to leave. Is what he's saying. Bye. <laughs> so I'm gonna, hey, can I just just real quick before I, before I jump off? Can I just real quick plug and just say there are 28 days left on the Kickstarter. Uh, it's Athena's daughters two, and it's on Kickstarter. So and we'll have. Out. To- and we'll have the yeah. link for you on our website. Makes a Ron great delayed Hunter. Christmas present. And Maggie yes, Allen, thank you guys so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, thanks for having us. Really it. Have a good one. 
So in, in news today... Well, where's the news? The, the news... news the, I know, I'm going to tell you the news. Oh my gosh, no. calm down, Dome. The news thing. Oh, do we need that? I think do, so. Do, 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 do. Today it's this. And now the news. Okay. I thought that was cool. I don't know. Very cool. Um, alright, so the Inkwell news is that legendary artist Neil Adams and Joe Sinot are doing something. It says they're making history, but um, they're going, they're collaborating on a special edition. Which is going to be auctioned off. Something. Well, I'm not clear about Batman number zero. Oh, no, that's what they did do before. I'm not sure what they're collaborating on, though. What does this say? There's a link. Hold on. Maybe this will tell me. I did a bad job looking at this beforehand. I know. Well, that's actually, I think the Batman Zero is the one that Joe was working on at Rhode Island Comic Con. That he was uh, inking while we were there. How is that possible? Batman number zero came out millions of years ago. Literally. When you were just a wee lad. Exactly millions of years. <laughs> when you were just a wee lad. In the Paleolithic era. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, oh, okay. They're collaborating on a Batman blank cover sketch variant for the nonprofit Inkwell Awards. They have not paired up for 45 years and never on Batman. And then, so, it's going to be in the eBay store. It's in the eBay store probably now. Yeah. So check that out, if you are so inclined. (coughs) Give them some money, because inkers are the best. That's all I have to say. So do you think that we could have that link there? On on our uh, podcast there? You can have whatever link you want, Dome. I would love to have that week there. I'll give so you I'm a wearing, link. what do you think? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, cool. Let's do that then. We had said that we were going to do our, our gift... Uh, our gift... Uh, gift guide. Gift bag. Guide? I, okay, so... Oh, is that what we're doing we now? Were, yeah, I would think so. No, Yes. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Well, let me just pull up my want board on Pinterest, and I'll just throw a dart. Oh, God, I cracked my screen! Oh, no! (laughs) Just kidding. Wow. Yeah. Where is my want board? There it is. if, if If you could get your best geek gift, what would you be looking for this year? Zombrarian. I mine is expensive, so a few of you can go in on this if you want to. Oh, okay. There is an amazing company called Geek Chic, um, and they make this absolutely beautiful furniture for gamers and collectors of various types. And really, I like all of it. It's beautiful and it's functional. Their gaming tables have things like side rails that fold out that you can rest your character sheet on and their little uh, cups for your dice or, you know, the top of the table lifts off so you can store 
your D&D map or your Settlers of Catan game or whatever else you want to put in there and leave everything kind of set up and just put the top back on the table when you're done playing and use it as a functional dining piece. They were, have, these, were these guys on, like, Snark Tank? I have... No, I don't think they were. Snark because, Tank? Yeah. I don't think they were. You know where you have all these five rich guys who, like, snark at you for Shark? 30 minutes? Shark no, tank? no, it's Snark Tank. It's, oh, it's the same thing. I didn't hear about that one. Okay. Either way, I don't think they were. They also have what Zombrarian wants is the storage options. They have beautiful, beautiful sets of shelves and drawers, and they're designed for... They have, <laughs> I hear a small cat. Yes, the cat here is purring. <laughs> she loves... She loves them, too. Um, she loves Sci-Fi Saturday Night. You can mm -hmm. customize their shelves with additional drawers that are designed to hold comic books, cards, games, DVDs, whatever it is you collect. And there's a beautiful one that has, um, like, the shelves are kind of randomized, so if you have tall figurines, you can put them on there. Like, how awesome is that? All of the drawers look like library card catalog drawers. It's all Gee, gorgeous. the only thing better than that would be maybe an actual library card catalog. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. Um, they also do custom furniture. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> and all it will cost you is, you know. Five million dollars. Two to seven thousand. So even better than that. I was so close. So really... Comparatively, they're cheap. <laughs> they, they do also have small things like um, card holders and dice holders that you can get um, that are not as expensive. Or cool. They're not as cool, but they're still really pretty. Like, this is for adult gamers. Well, yes, I, I would hope for five to seven thousand well, right, dollars. We, so. we, we've got to spend less time on these. So sorry, they're all beautiful. I yeah, but no one can see them. I mean, there'll be the link, but Sir Sarah, what have you got? Yes. Um. So my, I've got two. The first one is um 3D deco superhero wall lights, which somehow attach to your wall, and you can get a bunch of different options. Like you can get a little cap shield. Iron Man mask um, or like the Hulk fist and they light up and they're really cool and they look like they're like stuck in your wall like they're little like cracks decal coming out of them they're really awesome and those you can get at Think Geek for like 30 bucks or the thing that I really want which I wanted to buy for myself but it was too expensive is um, this jewelry company called Rock Love went in um, with the Star Trek store and made an enterprise docking ring. So it's like two different rings. Um, one with like oh, the nice. back and one like the, the disc portion and they lock together. And it's beautiful. Like it looks cool on the website, but in person it's amazing. Um, and I've wanted them since I saw them at New York Comic Con this year and they're $145 and I can't justify spending that much money on anything right now <laughs> so Rihanna. they're the coolest thing ever no 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 you do yours i do mine okay yeah um you know this is a minimalist year for me because people are spending my money for me for stuff 
So I found this really nice shirt uh, that I really liked only because it was this whole part of the keep calm uh, British. Oh, that's so over. That's been over. I understand that. But I found one called keep calm and cling on. With the Klingon symbol in the front of it. Okay, see, the only way that would have been awesome is if there was a cat stuck to the front of it. (laughs) 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 Like, like that's the only way. Hey, I like it. I want it. It's about 30 bucks, and that's about all I can afford these days. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Well, I I have a range range of different things based on your your boo's interest. Mm -hmm. If your boo likes music, you could get them a 3D-printed Celtic Knot guitar pick. Ooh! From Shapeways.com. It's not even that expensive. If your boo is girly, you could get her some, or him, or, you know, non-gender pronoun, whichever, um, henna lipstick which turns, it's it's green, and it turns a different color based on your skin chemistry. That's cool. Right? Right? Yeah. Or, if your boo is into office supplies, you could get them a mini kitty box house sticky note. It's a little kitty sticky notes that live in little paper boxes, and they're adorable as fuck. But who the hell is actually into office supplies? Seriously? But kitties. Right? Kitties. I could go on, Uh, but I won't. But thanks for not doing that. (laughs) And now I'm going to call up the other guest people. And as you're calling them up, I'd like to take a moment to talk about the Science Fiction Theater Company, which our own Sir Sarah brought to us. Sarah? Yeah? Tell us about them. Um, Well, I'm sure they'll tell more yeah i was gonna about, say like they're calling yeah. them so yes they so they're talk. gonna tell us things Hello? um but i hi kelly hi hi so hello trying to get vincent okay great it's ringing hello? hi vincent hi yes you're being recorded i don't want to alarm you <laughs> <laughs> surprise unlike the nsa we're actually gonna tell you so Right, but we'll use this recording in the same way they would, for no apparent reason. For entertainment purposes, right? Right? So, sir, Uh? could you you introduce (laughs) these people to us, please? Um, Who are these people? uh, Sorry. uh, I really only know Kelly. So, Kelly and I uh, went to school together, and then she um, and I have obviously kept in contact, and she was telling me about the... um, Science fiction, science fiction theater company that she's a part of, and she was like, "Will you write a guest article?" Because um, I, I have my blog about science fiction and fantasy authors, and I was like, "That sounds awesome!" And she was like, "Want to go see the show that we're doing?" And I was like, "Yes!" Uh, so the show, the, the most recent show, The Singularity, was what I saw, and I loved it. Um, it was absolutely spectacular, and I had a really good time. So yeah, and then I was like, "Yeah, we should get them on the show. It'll be great." And then we're like, oh my god, yeah, we totally should. Just like that. And then we totally did. And then we totally did. And now they're here to talk about things that they do. Guys, what sort of things do you do? Uh, So, (laughs) we lost Vincent. He's no longer with us on the phone. His call dropped. (laughs) Oh no. Did we lose Vincent already? 
<laughs> I don't know. It seems like he's still here. I could try to re-pick him up. Yeah, he uh, tried to indicate to me that, that he was no longer on the phone. I said he no longer connected. Phone. All right, yeah. so let's just give Skype a minute to catch up with the real world, and then... So, Kelly, okay. you're the literary manager? Yeah, so I'm the literary manager, uh, which mostly means that I... Oh, Here's oh, Vincent. So, uh... <laughs> Uh, so as a literary manager, mostly I, I read a lot of the plays. I, I choose work. We work with the playwright a lot because most of the shows that we do are new works. So I'm pretty much the one who directly works with that and develops the materials with the playwright. And Vincent, you're the artistic director. I'm here. Oh, good. And Vincent, you're the artistic director. Yes, yeah, I'm the uh, artistic director of the, uh, the company. I'm um, also one of the, the co-founders of uh, Science Fiction Theater Company. So what is the, as the artistic director, what is your job? Sure. Uh, so, I, you know, basically, um, uh, you know, like, a, like an executive uh, producer of, you know, um, uh, a film or, you know, uh, of a studio, I uh, choose the, the kind of the, um, artistic vision of, uh, seasons, um, you know, because we're, um, uh, you know, a, a fringe theater. I, you know, I, um, you know, work with, uh, with the community. I, um, you know, drive the hiring and, uh, the, uh, bring, uh, bring on other artists to, uh, to, you know, to work with and uh, facilitate overall what the company's doing. So how did this all come about? Where, where was the genesis for this? Sure. Uh, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, that many people uh, um, can say that they, they haven't seen uh, science fiction play before. Um, there, this is a, a genre that has largely been um, kind of on the, on the cusp of uh, the general theater community and, um, uh, there's, you know, there's always been, um, you know, m much more focus on, uh, you know, drama and comedy and, and, uh, and, and other genres. Uh, but, in, uh, you know, uh, theater, um, has, uh, not really, uh, focused on science fiction, telling science fiction stories that, that has been left a lot to, uh, uh, to the literary world, to film, to television. Um, the sets so are just so damn expensive. Right, exactly, and I, you know, I think that that was uh, definitely one of one of the the things that has kept this uh, off of a lot of theater, you know, out of a lot of theater seasons uh, for a long time. Um, but uh, in 2010, uh, I was um, directing uh, shows at a local theater here in Boston and working with a couple artists, and we connected. Uh, during the show about our, our love and passion for science fiction. You know, we would talk about Babylon 5 and we'd talk about, um, you know, uh, James Tiptree Jr. And, and uh, just, uh, you know, we connected on that level and, and asked the question, you know, why don't we see these stories being told uh, on stage? And um, so uh, Brian McCarthy, one, uh, the, my, uh, one of the other co-founders, um, proposed one day uh, if I wanted to, if he was going to 
do science fiction theater, would I do that with him? And I said, yeah, that sounds awesome. And he said, great. I, uh, I registered the domain name last night. So that's how we got started. Awesome. Um, are, are there any others that you've encountered like across the country? Any other sign like companies that focus on science fiction theater? Oh, yeah, sure. There are- yeah. There's there actually, uh, yeah, go ahead, Kelly. Um, there's actually a few science fiction theaters that have popped out around the United States, um, particularly in major metropolitans. There's uh, a couple big ones in New York. Uh, there's like Vampire Cowboys Theater and uh, Gideon Productions and uh, Flux uh, Ensemble that, that do a lot of uh, fantastic, uh, fantasy and sci-fi theater in, in New York. Uh, Vampire Cowboys does a lot of things like uh, D&D plays. They did uh, She Kills Monsters, which was in Boston recently, and, and big things like that. Um, also, in Los Angeles, there's now an uh, annual science fiction theater uh, festival that started last year. Well, actually this year, so 2014, um, that they're continuing on. Um, but it's also getting pretty big internationally. There's a lot of theaters in the United Kingdom that are doing that, um, as well as uh, other locations in Europe, like Italy and France. Cool. So it's pretty exciting. It's so, definitely kind of a, it's kind of at its point right now where it's just becoming uh, on the tipping point there. Yeah. So do you, do you have a home base, a home theater of your own? So we, uh, for the first uh, four seasons that we've uh, um been doing shows. We've been at the Factory Theater in Boston, which was a great home for uh, French theater here. Uh, but uh, sadly, the the Factory Theater's uh, last show was this fall, and then um, it closed. It's uh, uh, it's getting turned into a, a health hub, um, uh, in, in kind of a, a weird '90s movie uh, plot twist. So we're. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Damn the man! Uh, Save the what's it called again? Factory Factory Theater. Theater. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that was, uh, you know, that was kind of uh, the uh, thing that we we were dealing with at the beginning of our season. Uh, we're in the midst of of looking at what our our new permanent home is going to be, but um, uh, in the, in the middle, we're going to be, um, you know, uh, producing. Uh, you know, in, in a few places around Boston this season. So that, that gives you actually some really peculiar challenges for this artistic season in that you're moving from venue to venue. Sure, yeah. Um, but, I mean, we, we, we're going to approach it the same way we, we always approach it. Um, you know, that, uh, that was something that, that you kind of uh, alluded to with, you know, science fiction, obviously, I think people expect, you know, um, big effects and, and, and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the, the fun things that, um, that we look at when we do our, uh, our shows is how we can, uh, portray the, you know, these really fantastic science fiction concepts, um, in, in a way that's, um, you know, the, that's not big budget and that, um, but that's still the, you know, that still has that awe moment that's still, um, you know, captivates people. Um, 
you know, one of one of the things that uh, that really inspired me when uh, early on when we were producing shows is the way that uh, um, the '60s uh, Star Trek uh, series would, uh, you know, would approach uh, doing, uh, you know, practical effects uh, to, you know, to create these uh, uh, these things. So, do you have within the theater company? Uh, a group of actors? Do you work with community act actors in the Boston community? How do, how do you how do you cast your shows? Yeah, so we we all hold open casting. Um, we you know we're we're strongly focused on uh, on supporting uh, local Boston talent. Um, so we uh, you know we hold auditions uh, here in Boston, and and they're open for uh, for anybody to come and. Uh, and audition for, uh, you know, for each role in each show. Uh, we also, you know, uh, hire a lot of our designers and, um, uh, you know, and, and directing and production staff uh, for, you know, specifically for each show to find people that are the right team for, for the show that we're about to produce. So can you talk a little bit about this year's, uh, this year's set of shows, this season? Sure. Uh, so we we did the uh, the singularity was our uh, uh, our show our fall show to to kick off the fourth season. Uh, Sarah, I think uh, is Sarah still here? Yes. Sorry, I'm listening. Just didn't want to cut you off, but yeah, no, I uh, I love uh, the singularity. Okay. Uh, yeah, and so that that was a, a very cool play by Crystal Jackson. Um, who's a, uh, a playwright out of, uh, California. Um, and, uh, so that, you know, that dealt with, um, the, you know, attempting to get pregnant and ends up, uh, injecting her with dark matter and, uh, giving birth to a black hole. Um, and then, uh, we have Blue Dot coming up the spring. Uh, which is uh, by Gates, who's uh, a British playwright. Uh, and that's a very exciting show. And then um, in the summer, we're doing uh, Looking Backward, uh, which is going to be a devised piece by Edward Bellamy. Well, one of the things that we'd like uh, to be able to do for you guys is uh, if we can get somehow uh, the run-up where your plays are going to be and when they're going to be and where they're going to be, uh, we'd love to be able to help promote them as best we can. So uh, if you could, you know, uh, through our booker, just let us know when those are going on. We'd love to be able to uh, help promote that for you guys. Sure, that'd be great. I'd be happy to, to provide that information uh, to you because I'd love to, to get uh, people that haven't seen our shows before out to come and see us. Great. Vincent and Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. All right, thank you. <clears throat> well, the music isn't loud, so everyone is wrong. <laughs> Everybody's uh, wrong, but nobody gets it. Is it still sorry. loud? I, I mean, something must have updated no, no, and reset fine. my settings or something. No, um, yeah, I quieted down. Yeah. Now okay, it's kind of cool. It's settled. So, Kriana, yep, yeah. Kriana, 
Talk a little bit about what's happening in the new year, would you please? No, because for the next two weeks we're off, and then it's a fucking surprise. Ah! That was my surprise noise. Was that a I love noise? it. I love it. It's okay, my favorite. Oh, God. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and now I get to say that Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, BooksandBooze.com, and ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals of original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on LawrenceMadeMeCry.com. And tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com. Doom, do you think you can manage this outro? Let's see if we can do it or not. I want to thank our guests tonight, Ron Gunner and Maggie Allen from Silence in the Library Publishing, their newest Kickstarter anthology, Athena's Daughters 2, and Vincent Ulrich and Kelly Holly from the Science Fiction Theater Company of Boston. I want to thank our cast, and I want to thank all of you guys. We've made it through another year. Have a nice couple of weeks off. Enjoy the time. We'll see you in January from the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Griana, and our woman of words, Zomberian. Thank you so much, ladies. Yeah, don't forget to bite me. Mm-hmm. From our own personal Galaxy Quest, our own Sarah Lady Knight. Thank you, my darling. Happy Hanukkah! And you have a lovely and safe trip. This is being seen. Shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all repeat entropy. Good night, everyone. That sounds good. That sounds perfect. I know.